chapter fourteen of trial and triumph by francis e w harper this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter fourteen grandmother harcourt was failing annette was rising towards life's summit her grandmother was sinking to death's vale the hours are rifting day by day strength from the walls of living clay her two children who were living in a p wished her to break up her home and come and live with them they had room in their hearts and homes for her but not for annette there was something in annette's temperament with which other members of the family could not harmonize they were not considerate enough to take into account her antenatal history and to pity where they were so ready to condemn had annette been born deficient in any of her bodily organs they could have made allowance for her and would have deemed it cruel to have demanded that she should have performed the same amount of labour with one hand that she could have done with both they knew nothing of heredity except its effects which they were not thoughtful enough to trace back to the causes over which annette had no control and instead of trying to counteract them as one might strive to do in a case of inherited physical tendencies they only aggravated and constantly strengthened all the unlovely features in annette's character and annette really seemed like an anomalous contradiction there was a duality about her nature as if the blood of two races were mingling in her veins to some persons annette was loving and lovable bright intelligent obliging and companionable to others unsociable unamiable and repelling her heart was like a harp which sent out its harmonious discords in accordance with the moods of the player who touched its chords to some who swept them it gave out tender and touching melody to others its harshest and saddest discords did not the psalmist look beneath the mechanism of the body to the constitution of the soul when he said that we are fearfully and wonderfully made but the hour came when all discussion was ended as to who was to shelter the dear old grandmother in her declining years mrs harcourt was suddenly paralyzed and in a few days annette stood doubly orphaned grandmother harcourt's children gathered around the bedside of their dying mother she was conscious but unable to speak occasionally her eyes would rest lovingly upon annette and then turn wistfully to her children several times she essayed to speak but the words died upon her lips her eldest son entered the room just as life was trembling on its faintest chords she recognized him and gathering up her remaining strength she placed his hand on annette's and tried again to speak he understood her and said very tenderly mother i will look after annette all the care faded from the dear old face amid the shadows that never deceived flitted a smile of peace and contentment the fading eye lit up with a sudden gaze of joy and wonder she reached out her hand as if to meet a welcome and precious friend 
and then the radiant face grew deathly pale the outstretched hands relaxed their position and with a smile just such a smile as might greet a welcoming angel her spirit passed out into the eternities and annette felt as she had never felt before that she was all alone the love that had surrounded and watched over her born with her perverseness and sheltered her in its warm clasp was gone it had faded suddenly from her vision and left in its stead a dull and heavy pain after the funeral mrs harcourt's children returned to the house where they quietly but earnestly discussed the question what shall be done with annette mrs hansen's house was rather small that is it was rather small for annette she would have found room in her house if she only had room in her heart for her she had nursed her mother through her sickness and said with unnatural coldness i have got rid of one trouble and i do not want another another sister who lived some distance from a p would have taken annette but she knew that other members of her family would object as they would be fearful that annette would be an apple of discord among them at length her uncle thomas decided that she should go with him he felt that his mother had died with the assurance on her mind that he would care for annette and he resolved to be faithful in accepting what was to him the imposition of a new burden on his shoulders his wife was a cold and unsympathizing woman she was comfortably situated but did not wish that comfort invaded by her husband's relations in household matters her husband generally deferred to her judgment but here was no other alternative than that of taking annette under the shadow of his home or leaving her unprotected in the wide world and he was too merciful and honourable to desert annette in her saddest hour of need having determined that annette should share his home he knew that it was advisable to tell his wife about his decision and to prepare her for annette's coming well said dr harcourt's wife after her husband's return from the funeral what are you going to do with annette she is coming here said dr harcourt quietly and firmly coming here said mrs harcourt looking aghast i think at least you might have consulted me that is true my dear i would have gladly done so had you been present when the decision was made but where are her aunts and where was your brother john why didn't they take her john was at home sick with the rheumatism and sister jane did not appear to be willing to have her come i guess jane is like i am got enough to do to look after her own family and sister eliza said she hadn't any room no room when she has eight rooms in her house and only two children she could have made room for her had she chosen maybe her husband wasn't willing oh it is no such thing i know john hansen better than that liza is the head man of that house and just leads him by the nose wherever she wants him to go and besides mrs lord's daughter is there pretending to pay board but i don't believe that she pays it one half the time she is company for alice and they all seem very fond of her i do get so sick of that girl mambying and jambying about that family calling liza and her husband ma and pa i haven't a bit of faith in her well i confess that i am not very much prepossessed in her favour she just puts me in mind of a pussy-cat purring around you well now as to annette you do not want her here 
not if i can help it but can't she help you to work she could if she knew how if wishes were horses beggars might ride your mother made a great mistake in bringing annette up annette has a good education but when that is said all is said why my dear mother was an excellent housekeeper did she not teach annette your mother was out a great deal as a sick nurse and when she went away from home she generally boarded annette with a friend who did not as your mother paid her good board exact any service from annette and while with her she never learned to make a loaf of bread or to cook a beefsteak and when your mother was at home when she set annette to do any work if she did it awkwardly and clumsily she would take it out of her hand and do it herself rather than bother with her and now i suppose i am to have all the bother and worry with her well my dear oh don't come dearing me and bringing me all this trouble well my dear i don't see how it could be helped i could not leave annette in the house all by herself i couldn't afford to make myself the town's talk maybe things will turn out better than you expect we've got children of our own and we don't know when we are gone how they will fare that is true but i never mean to bring my children up in such a way that they will be no use anywhere and no one will want them well i don't see any other way than bringing annette here well if i must i must she said with an air of despondency dr harcourt rode over to his sister's where annette was spending the day and brought the doubly orphaned girl to his home as she entered the room it seemed as though a chill struck to her heart when her aunt bade her good morning there was no warm pressure in the extended hand no loving light in the cold unsympathizing eyes which seemed to stab her through and through the children eyed her inquisitively as if wishing to understand her status with their parents before they became sociable with her after supper annette's uncle went out and her aunt sat quietly and sewed till bedtime and then showed annette to her room and left the lonely girl to herself and her great sorrow annette sat silent tearless and alone grief had benumbed her faculties she had sometimes said when grandmother had scolded her that she was growing cross and cold but oh what would she not have given to have had the death created silence broken by that dear departed voice to have felt the touch of a vanished hand to have seen again the loving glance of the death darkened eye but it was all over no tears dimmed her eye as she sat thinking so mournfully of her great sorrow till she unfastened from her neck a little keepsake containing a lock of grandmother's hair then all the floodgates of her soul were opened and she threw herself upon her bed and sobbed herself to sleep in the morning she awoke with that sense of loss and dull agony which only they know who have seen the grave close over all they have held dearest on earth the beautiful home of her uncle was very different from the humble apartments here she missed all the freedom and sunshine that she had enjoyed beneath the shelter of her grandmother's roof can you sew said her aunt to annette as she laid on the table a package of handkerchiefs yes ma'am 
let me see how you can do this handing her one to hem and ned hemmed the handkerchief nicely her aunt examined it put it down and gave her some others to hem but there was no word of encouragement for her not even a pleasant well done they both relapsed into silence between them there was no pleasant interchange of thought annette was tolerated and endured but she did not feel that she was loved and welcomed it was no place to which she could invite her young friends to spend a pleasant evening once she invited some of her young friends to her home but she soon found that it was a liberty which she should be careful never to repeat soon after annette came to live with her aunt her aunt's mother had a social gathering and reunion of the members of her family all dr harcourt's children were invited from the least to the greatest but poor annette was left behind mrs lisette who happened in the house the evening before the entertainment asked is not annette going when mrs harcourt replied very coldly she is not one of the family referring to her mother's family circle a shadow flitted over the face of mrs lisette she thought of her own daughter and how sad it would be to have her live in such a chilly atmosphere of social repression and neglect at a period of life when there was so much danger that false friendship might spread their lures for her inexperienced feet i will criticise she said to herself by creation i too have some social influence if not among the careless wine-bibbing ease-loving votaries of fashion among some of the most substantial people of a p and as long as annette preserves her rectitude at my house she shall be a welcome guest and into that saddened life i will bring all the sunshine that i can End of chapter fourteen